we will do that race. If I'm doing, if I'm coaching baseball with my kids, we play a game, we scrimmage, we try to take those skills that we learned in the practice and, and have fun with them and show them the benefit of what that skill is in a game or in a race or in a ride. Hi, this is Amy, the senior group fitness instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Slowly approaching spring, and I say slowly. Now, where you are, it's probably beautiful, but where we are, it's it's still pretty chilly. Uh, so thankfully, we're still seeing some good participation numbers in our classes. Uh, but I hope for myself and my club athletes that are attending that at some point we do get to spend a little time out in the sunshine. Joining me today is someone who's been on before. He uh, was the voted the top indoor cycling instructor in Colorado, I think, or at least in the Denver area. And uh, he's a former Ironman triathlon participant and longtime indoor cycling instructor, Dennis Mellon. Welcome, Dennis. Hi, John. Thanks for having me on again. You've really opened my eyes to a lot of different things. That harmonic mixing that uh, you exposed me to um, was a little overwhelming. But at the same time, it, it brought focus to me, at least to pay attention to transitions in music, which something that I completely ignored in the past, or maybe just, I just didn't hear it. I've been using that more and more lately. So if you start to, the more you use it, the easier it gets. I think it's like anything, the more you play with it, the, uh, the smoother and quicker you get, the more able, you're able to multitask that stuff in the middle of a class. So. Right. Exactly. Uh, what I was kind of poking you about was, you know, spring is coming, you know, we start thinking about, you know, riding outside, as I was talking about earlier, and where we, um, outdoor cyclists, or I, I should, I'll speak for myself, you know, I find that there are, you know, scheduled rides during the week that tend to be more purpose-driven work, and then we have one on Sunday, uh, where our coffee ride, which which we really just enjoy, and many of the participants say the same thing. This is my favorite ride of the of the week because it it's enjoyable. I don't feel like there's any demands on me, and and yet it's still cardiovascular exercise. Uh, Dennis, we talked a little in advance of this, and 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 you recognize this, and I think you've got a couple ideas that you can share as far as bringing enjoyment to a somewhat structured, uh, purpose-driven class. We need to continue to have fun in, in our cycling classes. Um, and I think sometimes we get so caught up in numbers all the time. And the wattage meters do that, and they're a fantastic tool. And uh, I think we need to have fun with those wattage meters um, as opposed to just have everything be interval-based all the time and set work, set, set rest ratios. Um, and one of the things I do that I think we have the most fun with, now I use video in my class, so I may show a, you know, a tour stage or a USA Pro Challenge stage, and I race with the racers. And we may use some numbers, and I always like going back to those monitors, and the monitors I have, we can get an average wattage for whatever interval it is, and 
we may have a threshold, an FTP number. And I'll say we're going to go with these riders for three or four songs, and I just want you to race with that rider. And can you beat them? And your goal at the end is to have a higher average wattage in your FTP. And we just go. And I may mix it up a little bit and you know take control of the ride, but I have never seen people work so hard. And they're just watching a video, and most of them know who wins the race, but they still – Go for it. And uh, I think that's a lot of fun as well. How do you set that up? Well, normally what I do, uh, I mean, I have a, a background in phys ed and I've coached kids for, for years. So it can't all be work, work, work and, and reps over and over again. So what I normally do in most of my, my coaching settings is we kind of do our warm-up. We do our little test. Um, I like to do a little threshold check at the beginning of each class because we all know that all the bikes are – none of the bikes are exactly the same throughout a club. Um, oh, exactly. Let me interrupt. Yeah. That is that is the perfect advice for anybody t- teaching on – I don't care whose indoor cycle you have. Is that doing – what you, yours are, you call it different. I call it a best effort. Mm-hmm. But just – if we're going to use numbers, people want to know what their numbers should be. Right. I give them. Ba- I say we're going to find your baseline or we're going to find your threshold for today. That doesn't mean that you skip and you forget the 20-minute FTP that you did weeks ago. That's your guide to get close. But then today, what is the number you're going to use? So I tend to go – we warm up. We go five minutes at your – what I call your maximum sustainable effort. I don't want a 10 out of 10 effort. I want a sustainable sustainable effort. And then I use the monitors to figure that out. We get an average for the five minutes. And then I say, "There's your that's your baseline. We'll call it threshold. I know it's not exactly what a threshold is, but we need to give it a name. So I call it threshold. And then we work off of that. So then we, I'll do my, my work, you know, our, what, what some people may call the, the boring guts of the work, and we'll, we'll work on our fitness. And then we'll start – we will do that race if I'm doing if I'm coaching baseball with my kids. We play a game, we scrimmage, we try to take those skills that we learned in the practice and and have fun with them and show them the benefit of what that skill is in a game or in a race or in a ride. You know, you're exactly right because I've t- coached for years and years as well, and the kids hate the drills. <laughs> but you, but in soccer or whatever, you just throw the ball in the middle. Okay, now play. Then it, they just ignite. Exactly. And I think so often we forget that part is to introduce that playful element into What's what we're doing. What's so rewarding as a coach in, in that situation is to see them use what you were just teaching. And you, I always say I'm fooling you into becoming a better soccer player or a baseball player or a better rider. You know, can I, can I fool you into doing it? And then when it happens, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you were working on that, weren't you? Exactly. And that's why we did it that way. I like that. Can I fool you into doing this? No, that that's, you know, it's because we're always looking for something clever to say, and yet that has real meaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that. Can I fool you into getting stronger? Exactly. Fitter. I mean, obviously, you can throw all sorts of adjectives at the end. And I do think the competition side helps, and I think we see that either you're, you know, with these monitors, you're competitive with that monitor. I always say that coach is the one yelling at you, that one in front of you, not me. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just telling you where to go. And that that little thing with these you know, black numbers is the thing that's yelling at you. Um, and uh, they always laugh when I say that too, but it, it does. I mean, they competitive people, go for it. Non-competitive people all of a sudden become competitive. 
you know, I'm super competitive. That's just what I am. I used to race motorcycles and mm-hmm. then bicycles and it's just kind of innate at me. Maybe it's because I'm a guy or something. And yet I remember when we were first talking about like performance IQ, you know, the heads up display system. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of comments about how, well, we don't want things competitive in our class. And that always struck me as strange. Um, and yet you just made the comment that, you know, there are those that are competitive want to compete, but then there are those that aren't competitive that still want to compete. <laughs> they just say that. It's like they're supposed to say that, but then they get into it and become the most competitive. Where I really saw this at first was when I teach Indo Row as well, and they do these little races at the end. And I've never seen people work as hard in my life as they're trying to get through their 100 meter as they're doing a relay type of race. And these people are, you know, not that I think it's always appropriate to kill yourself in, a, in any kind of indoor, in, in any kind of exercise, but they are really, really going. Um, so I think the competitive juices definitely start to flow when you, when you have some numbers to shoot for or some competition. Right. And there's enjoyment in that. Oh, absolutely. And it may be in, as from an individual perspective or it may be part of as a team, like you were talking about your relays with Indy Row. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I'll share this with you. Uh, a week ago, you know, we were at Ursa and then stayed an extra day so that we could drive up to San Clemente and take one of Karen Kassler's classes at CB Cycle Barn. And, you know, they have the free motion bikes and performance IQ but the class we took, and it's kind of a housewife, 930 class, mm-hmm. uh, Karen never turned on the display screens. So, every, you know, our power was our own, you know, right in front of us, but it wasn't up on the screen. And at the end of the class, you know, and there was, it was full, there was 30 people in there. Uh-huh. I've never seen a class empty as quickly as hers. And so I'm, I really didn't even pay attention to it. But then Karen yells at me, says, John, you got to see this. And outside of their studio in the lobby, they have another display screen. That screen is on. That shows the leaderboard, you know, who's <laughs> where. And they were all out there <laughs> looking at pointed. Well, there's me. And, oh, I beat you this today. And yet these were, you know, middle-aged women that some would say aren't normally competitive. <laughs> But it was just crazy to see it, and uh, and that and that to them was really the highlight at the end of it. Is that wow, I beat such and such. You know, I've always trying to beat her, and, uh-huh. and I created all this synergy amongst this group. You know, they're all crowded in next to each other so they can see the screen, and it was just it was really profound when I when I got to see it. Uh, that sounds fun. That, I mean, that's what you want. You want people to try to do better each time. Um, the things I'm. As a trainer, I'm seeing more and more of my clients come in with those wearable devices, and they all get points for the work. And now it's my job to make sure they get another point or two every single workout. Now, they do the work, obviously, but I got to be really focused to make sure I find the most efficient exercises for them to get the most points in a safe manner. And they're constantly looking, Dennis, we have to get a few more. We got to do this. We got to stay five more minutes. That's always a nice one too. And if I have extra time, I'm like, all right, I want, I want you to get those points as well. So we'll go five minutes more. So it's having that kind of feedback. Some say it's great motivation and I believe it is. I think there may be some other, I have had this conversation where people are like, I just want to enjoy my workout today. And there's absolutely a place for that. So we can do that as well. Do you, do you think sometimes we put too much emphasis on the structure 
the structure of the of the, the the class, the purpose of the class, other than just to have fun. I think there needs to be a little bit of both. I think there there should be classes that are very very structured because we have we have to deal with the people that we have. We have some very very structured people that want a specific workout or want specific work done every workout. And I think there's other people that just want to get their heart rate up. And I think we, it's, it's beneficial that they're just in the club. So I don't know if it has to be as, as structured with certain groups as with other groups, but I think we need to give, we need to let people know what they're getting. So they're never disappointed um, at the end of a workout. Oh, you're exactly right. And I think you're referring to just identifying classes as X, Y, or Z. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So what are you doing at Greenwood Greenwood Athletic Club uh, to identify classes? So what I do personally is, and I've been doing this for about five months now, I teach Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Thursday, and Fridays. Monday and Tuesday, I call them above-threshold workouts. Thursday, Friday, they're around threshold workouts and that people know what they're getting. They know that we're going to work on Monday, Tuesday, well above threshold. We might go to max effort a few times and they're going to get rest and recovery to be able to repeat those. On Thursday and Friday, I do around threshold workouts and there's plenty of times I say, once we start, we're never resting. It's like we're out. It's like we're going to race for 55 minutes. Um, but I give them parameters on where to work. I don't want you going to 10 out of 10 on those days because we're going to be going at a high intensity the entire time. So what we're finding is most of the instructors are defining their own classes as opposed to the club defining the class. Okay. Is there any communication to the member then as to what they're getting into? If they just showed up, if I just showed up today and said, hmm, what's this class about? Would I have any indication? No. If you didn't take my class on a regular basis and no one told you, um, it's not on the schedule that way. We've been, we just had a meeting recently and I, we definitely, it was a great meeting with a bunch of the instructors there. And uh, I think we are leaning in that direction now because I think they're seeing the benefit of that. Got it. Yeah. And with technology as it is, it's not a big deal, I would think. No, I don't think so either. You know, people are, you know, it's not like you have to print a new catalog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just go in and update it on your schedule in MindBody Online or whatever you're using for registration software. Exactly. Exactly. Can you identify those people that are just primarily uh, enjoyment interested or structured uh, interested? Yes. Uh, if that sounded right. Yeah, no, that's right. We have um, at Greenwood, I, I teach at a few different clubs. At Greenwood, we, don't, we have one class a week that is, this may be a little bit off the subject, but I'll get back to it. Um, we have one class a week that is, 35 minutes of cardio, 35 minutes on the indoor cycling bikes, and 25 minutes of strength. So we change rooms. So there are people that don't want to, they don't want an hour of cycling. Um, maybe their butt hurts. Maybe they just don't need that much work um, or they don't have that much time. So they get their, they get their cardio and then they get their strength. We have a number of, of um other classes, these may be more paid for classes that are circuit type classes that will use the spinning room or the indoor cycling room as well. And they'll come in, they'll get their five minutes and they'll jump out and go to another room and then run through the circuit. So the cycle bike, the bikes are part of the circuit. It's not a cycling class. It's just part of the circuit. Um, 
then what happens in, in my class, since I do use video, it helps with all those groups because what I find is the people that are really cycle-driven and really want to become better cyclists and really focus on the power meter, they don't look at the video anymore. They have their eyes closed or they're focused on the meter or they're just riding. Um, the ones that are more in there to get a good workout, more than they would get if, I mean, a thousand times more if they wouldn't do anything, I see them watching the video a little bit more. And I've had some instructors say, well, they're not paying attention. They're watching the video. And I'm like, but they're riding the bike. They're on the bike. They're doing what we want. And maybe eventually we can convert them over to being more of a serious or focused rider. But do you do you really care it's their ride, not your ride? And uh, so I, I see that. I mean, those are usually the ones that sit up and don't have their hands on the handlebars. And, um, but, uh, but they get the workout in. They get something in. They get something done. I'm sitting here with this big smile on my face. There was a time when I was uh, – where I shunned video uh, just as you described it. Well, they're not paying attention to me. And and essentially that's what happened. All of a sudden I realized, well, well wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't about me. <laughs> this is about what they want. And if they want to watch that, well, then God bless them. They're the ones paying to be there. Um, and soon as I as soon as I recognized that, then I realized, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my role is to facilitate an enjoyable experience for them that hopefully will improve their health and fitness. Well, as a trainer, just through the years, there's always there's different types of clients. There's there's a clients that can't pay for a training session three two or three times a week, and maybe come in once a month and have the trainer give you a workout. Um, and you set the workout for them, and then they do it, and they come back the next month, and they are very consistent. And they do that. There's the other ones that want you to work them hard every single time, and they're there, and they can afford that, and you pay for that. And then there's the other ones that just need the appointment. And they're not the ones they're they're not going to work that hard. But as a trainer, sometimes it's frustrating. But you have to look at it as they are getting so much more than if they were just sitting at their desk at work or on the couch at home. So it's a, and it's what they need exactly. Not, and it, but it's not for you to decide what they need, even though they're coming to you as an expert, right? To a point, and that's when uh, you just have to you have to. That's the goal setting side of it. Of their goal is to just stay healthy. And to be able to do what they want to do. Or, well, maybe it's just to stay healthy. Um, it's not to improve. It's They're looking to not get worse or to not get unhealthy. That's that's an acceptable goal. And let's take that and, and we'll work with that and be happy with it. Uh, maybe those sessions, you talk a little bit more with them as a personal trainer. Those are the ones that I don't think an instructor should walk around the room and be looking at their monitor and say, what are you doing? Well, they're doing what they're doing and that's okay. Don't... Again, it's not about you. It's about their workout. And you're just – you should be happy that they're in the room with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think so often we forget that um, it's not about absolutes. It's not about there's only right one right way to do something. Um, it's it, – there's, there's a myriad of potentials and – you have a you know this diverse um, population of people that want or need very many different things. Right. I think you should be happy just that they're there. You know, I've been at concerts before that haven't been sold out, and the the performer is mad because it's not sold out, and you could tell that they're mad. And then I've been at other ones that have 
same situation. And those performers are just so happy that you're there and they, they perform their butts off to, to keep the people that were there happy because you paid to show up. So I think we need to be on that side of it. I'm just happy that you're here and let's get the workout in and let's do, let's, let's do what we're going to do. Amy and I were at a sting concert here a couple, three weeks ago Mm -hmm. and there was a major fail in the audio system. I mean, major, you know, that sound that your sound system makes when you squelch or squeak the (laughs) microphone, Uh you know, it was like that, but it went on for like 30 seconds deafening and, and, and it was Sting and Paul Simon and the two of them just stood up there. And once it, it went, they just had like half of it. Mm -hmm. They said, well, we're just going to keep playing to make sure that you're all uh, happy. Uh They didn't, they didn't get mad. They didn't stomp off. You know, they just stood there as professionals um, and suffered through it, and then and then it would fail again, and they just <laughs> smile and laugh, uh-huh. and then uh, then the, the thing ended up going I don't know at least a half hour longer than it should have. Mm-hmm. It was like close to three hours of music, but they, you know, they they it was their objective to to deliver um, to us and not like you say be affected by the fact that it was only half full. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as you said that, there's another thing that came to mind is I remember a couple of years ago, we had a department head, a very profound woman, um, who'd sent out an email around spring break time. And she says, whatever you do, do not walk into your class because it'll be small. You know, we live in an affluent area and in the cold and everybody's gone somewhere south and warm. She says, whatever you do, do not walk in your room and say, where is everybody? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your focus is on the people that are there. It's not trying to understand where everybody else is. I mean, <laughs> uh-huh. I've been lucky enough to have big numbers in a lot of my classes, but there are times when you come in and there may be two people and they always say, well, you don't have to stay for me. And I'm like, well, yes, I do. I'm here and you're here. Let's go. And I, those classes are usually a little bit different. They may not have the energy of a 50-person class, but I'm here with you. The three of us are going to work out. Maybe it's easier because I'm a trainer and I'm used to working one-on-one. But I'm like, I'm going to sit over here with you. We're going to put the music on and we're going to ride. And we're going to ride together because you're here all by yourself. And I, I'm, I just appreciate the fact that you showed up. I don't get mad that no one's here. And I hate that statement. Where is everybody? Oh, let's – or the other one, let's wait a few more minutes and see if more people show up. Well, those people came on time. <laughs> You're, Dennis, you and I are of like huh. minds on this because I've spent a lot of times over the years, you know, sitting next to some random participant, uh, and just the two of us ride and chat, and and uh, actually I've made some uh, pretty substantial friendships over the years just doing that. Well, that's the personal touch that you can give, and I, those people go out and tell a hundred people how great you are. So that's. Uh, that's the time to win that person over. But uh, yeah, the one I, I love, I really do respect people's time. And you know, if it's, okay, we're going to wait five more minutes, see if we can get a few more people. No, these people came on time. It's, let's go. And uh, so like, for example, when I do that, uh, I do that, what I call the threshold check early in class. If you miss it, uh, you can catch up. I'm not mad that you missed it, but I'm not going to wait for more people to show up. I'm going to get going. Um, so that does help people show up on time. You see them running in because they want to get their numbers right away. Um, so that's one way to help. 
Awesome. Yeah. All right. So anything else to add as far as bringing enjoyment and fun to uh, somewhat structured struct- – or one of your typically structured classes? No, in my so, – so I'm not one that um, brings bands or brings weights into the class um, or jumps off the bike or does you know the choreography that you see on some of the YouTube videos. I'm more of a cyclist in there. But I think that the, the diversity or changing your music up, I mean, now I went to a school in upstate New York and they had, there was a happy hour at one of the bars. It was all classic, classic rock. And everybody knew all the songs and you sang all the songs all the time. And it was so fun. And I, that has stuck with me because I have a playlist like that. And like Fridays, I like to have that fun playlist. I teach at noon on Fridays. So I'll bring that playlist in, or you could bring in an eighties playlist, but I do think it needs to, it needs to change and it needs to be fun. And I do think there's times, you know, the morning your your six o'clock class is going to be a little bit different than your noon or your four o'clock class on a Friday. So I always try to keep it fresh and fun. But I do think, and personally, I feel the work is the work. Let's do the work. Um, but again, I've really found the video helps. And I was having a conversation with someone the other day who said that they don't like they don't like the video because they're not paying attention to them. That's the kind of thing that uh, you were saying. I do think you need to update your playlist. I think sometimes you need to go totally old school and do just all classic rock. Whenever I do that, I get so many compliments. But I know if I did it every time, people would get tired of it. Um, Change the videos up. Um, I do a lot of things like that. And sometimes it's just give them some kind of incredible challenge. For example, we're doing a 55-minute race. We're warming up. We're going to get our numbers. We're going. And we're going to go straight through. And how close can you stay to your threshold numbers the whole time. That doesn't mean everyone can do it. And I even tell them, I give them the out. If you're, if you can't do it anymore, take a two minute break and come back, but, uh, take that break. But I do think it needs to be fresh. I do think you need to change things up. And I think you can make your interval sets, just progressing interval sets is changing things up. And I think the challenge really is motivating to a lot of people. Awesome. Well, Dennis Mellon, how do they get a hold of you? You can find me. My website is DennisMellon.com. And I know you're heading off to Hawaii here this weekend, so uh, I hope you and your family have a wonderful time. Oh, I'm sure we will. Everybody is super excited. Never been there, so I'm, uh, I can't wait. And it's been, a little, it's been nicer in Colorado than it's been in Minnesota, but uh, I'm still looking for some warm weather. Awesome. Well, make sure you send us some pictures. I will, for sure. <laughs> okay, thanks, Dennis. Thanks, John. 